Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the new moon solar eclipse in the third decan of Libra. Exciting times are coming. Uh, this is a time of the year, eclipse season, when lots of changes are going to be taking place. So I hope to be able to prepare you for that. Uh, we are going to talk about the eclipse. We're going to talk about the void, of course, moon leading up to the eclipse. The period in between eclipses, what's coming after that with a second eclipse two weeks after that. I'm going to take the new moon solar eclipse through the houses for you so that you can get an idea of what might be coming for you with uh, your rising sign. And uh, we'll just hang out. If you have any questions or comments or whatnot, feel free to put it in the chat there. I always love hearing from all of you. I'm just going to welcome a few folks here as we get started. KP1231 is here, says, hi, Spencer, and everyone, love from Cleveland, had to miss the last two live streams, but glad to be able to join today from work. Well, I'm glad that you're here today, KP, hope everything's going well your way. Uh, Lisa is here from Texas, nice to see you, Lisa, welcome, friend. Uh, Carol from Mass says, hello, how are you doing, Spencer? Best wishes to you and yours. Oh, nice, thank you, Carol, hope you're doing well over there on the East Coast as well. Mr. Hindsight is here, says, reflecting the sun's rays from sunny San Francisco. Nice. I don't know if it's sunny, but <laughs> San Francisco sounds nice. Uh, Rachel Fletcher, nice to see you, friend. Hello from Roanoke, Virginia. Hope that you're doing well. Good to see you here. Michelle is here from Scotland. All right. Welcome, Michelle. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us and uh having some some maybe some dinner at the dinner hour here welcome friend it's nice to see more of our international friends speaking of international friends welcome to susanna from finland nice to see you my friend hope things are going well over by you tracy chaplin is joining us from west sussex nice to see you friend and jody jody errington is here hello spencer and friends tuning in from work in sunny South Florida. It's been a little bit, Jody. How are you doing, friend? Hope things are going well your way as well. So again, if you are here and you uh, put a little chat in the chat box, let me know where you're stopping in from. Let me know that you're here. It's always nice to see all of your little thumbnail faces here <laughs> in the chat and you know get proof of life and things of that nature. Um, so we'll go on a journey today. Do me a huge favor, friends. If you are enjoying the work that I do on this channel, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, please subscribe to my newsletter, there is a link to that in the description of this video or wherever you are consuming this show today. Uh, if you want to make a material donation to the work that I am doing, there's a little dollar sign in the chat, it's called Super Chat or Super Sticker. Super appreciate all the donations that come in that help me keep the lights on and help me do all this research and whatnot. Uh, really, really appreciative of all of you. You can also make a donation after the fact at buymeacoffee.com. Thank you for you friends who have bought me coffees recently. I appreciate all of you. Okay, so let's kind of start diving in here. What do you say? So one more announcement, I guess. We started our deck and walk recently, which is super cool and super fun. Um, if you missed out on that, you can still get the deck and webinars uh, piecemeal and the decans of Libra many of which we're going to be talking about today, is on sale for 20% off until the end of Libra season. You can check that out on my website, spencermichaud.com. All right, 
Stephanie Becker is joining us from Denmark. Nice to see you, my friend. And Carrie Castro is saying hello from sunny Boonville, California in Mendocino County. All right. Oh, and there's another one. Robin. Robin is here. Robin. Hello, Robin from sunny Northern California. Nice to see you, friend, as well. Thanks for stopping in. Okay. Let's do this. Let's talk about this Libra eclipse. Eclipse season is always something that feels a little bit scary, a little nerve wracking for a lot of folks. Some people who have less anxiety than people such as myself just tend to go with it and roll with the changes and the punches. But those of us who have experienced a few eclipse seasons are like, oh boy, there was a lot of big changes that happened <laughs> around those periods of time. Now, oftentimes there are big changes that happen during eclipse seasons. They are sort of like chapter markers where we're turning the page to a new, a new, uh, you know, narrative in our life. And uh, things are in flux during that period of time. It's sort of like a wild card that happens within our lives. They are supercharged new moons and full moons. Oftentimes new moon eclipses are powerful new beginnings. They often, well, they, they always happen very close to one of the, the nodes of the moon, the south or the north node, Rahu and Ketu. And they sometimes will represent the beginning, a new moon eclipse, if it's near the south node, such as this one, near Ketu. The beginning of an ending, the beginning of a letting go, the beginning of energy leaving our lives. The south node is a place where energy is leaving the physical plane. The North Node is a place where stuff's coming in, you know? So we have a process. We breathe. We breathe in air. We exhale uh, carbon dioxide, right? It's, it's a natural process. So one of the things to think about as we go through this eclipse season is a lot of the anxiety, the fear that we feel is just from res our resistance to change. Um, when we start to flow with the changes and come into alignment with the currents of our life, things start to work out a little bit better. You know, when we relax our muscles and we release the tension, we can flow with our with whatever is coming our way. Um, you know, losing things is never fun, is never exciting. But what I will say, and I've been thinking a lot about this in the last few weeks, oftentimes when something is removed from our life, it was something that was a heavy burden. It was something that we were feeling a lot of pressure around. And there is a liberation that happens when we finally are able to release something of that nature. And that is something to welcome with joy. So I think that one of the themes I want to focus on, you know, particularly today, is being able to release the things that are no longer serving us or bringing us vitality while maintaining our inner equilibrium. We're going to talk a lot today about the center of the, the wheel, the hub of the wheel. Libra 3 is all about maintaining our inner equilibrium while things are changing around us, being able to maintain harmony by making small adjustments. It's maintenance mode. So we may have to make adjustments in our life, but we are going to be able to bring peace to the circumstances around us through our own balanced, centered energy. And this is very different from the way that a lot of us approach, you know, finding peace. Oftentimes, 
We feel like we have to change all of the external circumstances to become peaceful, to find uh, a place of equilibrium and balance. And I, I'm here to tell you that this particular eclipse is much more about your internal state being able to bring that to the external world. I have a important chart placement. Uh, it's called the part of spirit or the lot of spirit at 21 degrees of Libra, which is very close to this eclipse exactly on it. And this is a lesson I've had to learn that the lot of spirit often is described as a place uh, where we utilize the qualities of the sign to m meet our fate. So when big changes are approaching us, sometimes we can lean on the qualities of the lot of spirit and where that is placed. Uh, an example, and this is kind of a, it's like a personal story, but it's, a, it's an example of how this has worked in my life. The work that I do as an astrologer is much of the time being able to help restore balance and equilibrium to my clients' lives who are bringing me challenging circumstances, confusing circumstances, traumatic circumstances, and through my own centeredness and being able to help guide them, hopefully we help restore that balance. That's one example of how you can bring peace to a situation while there's chaos swirling around you. Another situation happened last year when my, my mother passed away after a kind of an extended illness. And the first reaction that I had when she passed away, when I was meeting my fate, was I got very still inside. I got very quiet and I sat down and I meditated for about half an hour, much like the figure in this Four of Swords card that is syncretized with Libra 3. And it was surprising to me. It wasn't, there was sort of an immediate shock and things of that nature, but my first instinct was to get very quiet, just to get very still. And I hadn't really experienced something like that before. And it's just the, the, the ability to, to kind of work on stilling the waters within you uh, so that you can attain clarity. Think about rushing water in a stream that gets very muddy. And when those waters start to still, you can start seeing the clarity within the water as the sediment starts to settle. And this is what I think is going to be important during this eclipse season is how do we let the water settle so that we can attain clarity? We may have to rest. We may have to reflect on our lives. So whatever you can do to find inner stillness, peace, and clarity is going to be important during the changes that are happening during this period of time. Another interesting thing is that we're seeing Mars you know, very close to the South Node. So we're going to look at Mars in our charts today to see what types of potential misfortunes, conflicts, challenges may be reduced around this period of time. I've seen and, and heard from a lot of clients and friends certain situations in their life that have started to abate, that have started to be reduced with Mars on the south node. You also may want to pay attention to the Scorpio and Aries houses of your chart to see where that energy may be coming from. So the Libra area could be where this is playing out, but it's going to have an effect on the Scorpio and Aries area because Mars is providing resources for those houses. Now, this is sort of a clearing the decks before Mars moves into its domicile in Scorpio. 
really important because Mars is going to gain a lot of dignity. Right now, Mars is in a place that is very uncomfortable where it has to make a lot of compromises. It can't really move forward under its own power in some regards. But once it moves into Scorpio, it's going to be a powerhouse. So this is a great time during eclipse season, especially with the void of course moons that anticipate each eclipse by about three or four days to clear the decks. Okay, so we'll look at that specifically. Um, so I've got some comments coming in here. Michelle says, looking forward to your thoughts, Spencer. This eclipse happens four days before my 40th and is conjunct my sun, by which is also conjunct my natal Pluto. It is intense. Well, when you have an eclipse very close to natal placements or in angular houses, we will feel it very personally. This eclipse also is going to be very close to a square to Pluto. So it will be bringing up some things that we have maybe either neglected or pushed down underneath the surface. It's going to bring those things to the surface to be dealt with and to be transformed. So uh, it's something to, to lean into on some level. Tracy says, yes, looking forward to, I have a Libra ascendant and that's bang on with the eclipse. Oh, good, Tracy. Well, hope, hope that we'll, again, acknowledge the challenges that come with some of this intense astrology but also try to help us find ways to either accept the changes that are coming or to take action where we need to take action. There, there are some actions that we can take, some of which it's just maintaining balance. Okay, So there's always a way to have agency, even if it's actively staying still, if that makes sense. Uh, Michelle says, yes, it's also my first house, 10 degrees from my ascendant. Well, Michelle, you're in for a an interesting season, my friend. We'll try to guide you down the path. Khadija is here, creating harmony. Hi from South Louisiana. Welcome, my friend. Hope you're doing well. It's nice to see you here in the chat. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you the Decans of Libra webinar slides that talk about Libra 3, just to give you some, some additional points because we're, this eclipse is going to be at 21 degrees Libra. And these are the slides that you can get at my website when you purchase the Decans of Libra webinar. So we've talked about these uh, for, for some of the other Decans, but here is Libra 3. And you can see that it is associated with the Four of Pentacles. Okay, we've got, I'm sorry, the Four of Swords, sorry, misspoke there. So here's the Four of Swords. And we call this the Lord of Rest from Strife, or the Lord of Truce, uh, in both Book T and Book of Toth. Austin Kopic likes to call this Deccan a gyroscope. Um, we have a daimon in this Deccan called Nemesis, and Nemesis was a goddess that restored right proportion after the random distribution of fate by 2K. So 2K basically uh, translates to chance or fortune. And that's more related to the moon, like how it's very cyclical, how it can be, it can be more random. Nemesis is uh, related to Saturn on some level. Remember that Saturn is exalted, and this is the degree of exaltation of Saturn at 21 degrees of Libra. So this is a, a place where uh, we may be having to do the hard work to bring things into harmony and balance and equilibrium. 
I think that's one of the secret significations of Saturn is, is increasing that which is lacking and decreasing that which is excessive. And this is the action of Nemesis, is being able to restore right proportion by decreasing that which we might have too much of, but also increasing that which we are lacking, which is something we don't necessarily associate with Saturn. But it, it, I, I feel like that is an important realization when you are working with that planet. Um, we have Orphic hymns that speak to Saturn or Cronus's ability to do that. Um, we understand that Saturnian works are ones that require patience and endurance and longevity. So we can increase, for example, we can increase our wealth in our life by working hard over a long period of time and making wise decisions. We can also set healthy boundaries with Saturn. If we have something excessive, if our emotional boundaries are being traversed, we can set a healthy boundary to reduce the excessive engagement with another party. So it works both ways. And you will have to decide within your life what that means for you. And what you'll have to take a very sober view of your life to figure out what that might mean for you. So adjustments, restoring right proportion, nemesis, right? Um, and one interesting aside with that, I have found being a 12th house sun in Mercury and having Saturn being the joy, Saturn joying in the 12th house, that my understanding of the 12th house is very much related to the Saturnian nemesis energy. Sometimes you do feel like things are blocked in your life or that you are being tasked with putting the energy of that planet back into harmony and equilibrium. Like, for example, if you have the sun in the 12th house, sometimes this can speak towards having a little bit too much solar energy, like maybe some hubris, maybe some arrogance that needs to be reduced to have a balanced solar experience. It can also speak to having to build your confidence up if you have some insecurity, potentially. So th this could be, the. this has been a really... Uh, interesting lesson for me having some of those planets there because i've gone through that as a young person i've had to i've had times where my confidence has swung over to overconfidence or where my my confidence has been lacking and i've had to believe in myself a little bit more so there is a constant readjustment that happens with libra and and saturnian energy so themes the eye of the storm Okay, like that's the, the, the balance point, the hub of the wheel, right? Uh, some kind of calm place while the winds are raging around you. Uh, making adjustments to maintain equilibrium. The story of Libra is, is the first decade we have an awareness potentially of an other perspective. We also have an own awareness of an imbalance. Second decade, uh, second 10 degrees, we are negotiating and signing contracts and making oaths and agreements with one another. And then here in this decade, we're having to maintain that harmony through maintenance mode, right? Through being able to continue to work on balance. It, it is not like we come into equilibrium and then we're done. We come into balance and then we have to keep making those small adjustments to stay afloat and to keep things in harmony. So connecting with the hub of the wheel. We talked about that. Um, I had a friend reach out about the, the Wheel of Fortune recently. And we had a long discussion about uh, connecting with the hub of the wheel and trying not to get too high or too low by connecting with the outer rim of the wheel, which 
sometimes it goes up and sometimes it comes down. And that is a natural process of change. And the things that are eternal and the things that are uh, long-lasting are the, the, the point in the center. So that's where we're getting that kind of energy as well because, you know, life changes. We're going to have circumstances where we are in a good spot and then there could be things that are completely outside of our control that will change our circumstances that will necessitate uh, adjustments. Okay, actions that stabilize the randomness of fortune. This is related to Nemesis as we've been talking about. Nemesis also was a deity that distributed your due. So this is very Saturnian as well. You kind of get what you put into something, for good or for ill. If you didn't prepare for something, well, then you'll probably get a disorganized effort. If you prepared well and you did the, your due diligence, you might receive the success that you have been trying to manifest. So this could be a point where you're receiving your due in some area of your life. Uh, mental discipline and poise. This is another Saturnian exalted Libra quality. Uh, I was having a nice discussion with uh, my friends Adam and Kip on the uh, Astrology of Sports podcast recently, where we were talking about a basketball player named Carl Anthony Towns and some of the challenges that he's had as a very talented person who may not have uh, a very stable emotional base. And it's been very difficult for him to be consistent because his emotions swing wildly. And some of the, we talked about how some of the greatest players in any sport or in any field are able to maintain their cool and their discipline when the pressure is on, when the crisis situation is happening. And that's what's important when you are faced with a Libra 3 issue. How can you maintain your poise? How can you, oftentimes when we become clear during these periods of time, we can make a much better choice and decision than if we're just running around like a chicken with our head cut off, right? If we're just getting way too excited or if we're getting way too low in despair. It goes both ways. So questions you can ask yourself. What adjustments are necessary to maintain harmony? How can you find your center with an ever within an ever-changing cosmos? What excesses and consolidation? What excesses need consolidation and what lack needs increase? What gifts and challenges are your due? Where is your mental discipline required? And then finally, how can you bring your internal peace into your external environment? Okay. So things to consider as we're moving through this particular eclipse. So I'm going to look back through the chat. We've got a lot of comments coming in here. Okay. Gay Carol is here. says, uh, my ascendant is 21 degrees Libra. Semi-sextile, my son, 21 Scorpio. Unfortunate, 21 Cancer. Well, and you're going to have a fun eclipse period with the eclipse right on your ascendant, my friend. Uh, buckle up and try to maintain your inner equilibrium and harmony. And if there's things that you need to let go of in your personal life, uh, especially maybe related to the body or through maybe your character or your outlook on life, this is a great time to do so. Dimphy is here from the Netherlands. Nice to see you, Dimphy. Hope everything's going well in your garden. Uh, Mr. Hindsight says, I have the sun at Libra, 1845, moon at 2043 Libra, and this new moon, 21 plus 6th house. So you got a big eclipse coming, Mr. Hindsight. Um, you know, be, be careful of health challenges around this period of time. Make sure that you're understanding what, what you need to do to maintain your health and your equilibrium within that. 
You may also have to potentially change the practitioners that you're working with. Oftentimes the sixth house can speak to like doctors we work with or, or people who are doing a service for us. And when something is eclipsed like here, there might be changes regarding that. So I wish you luck friend and I hope everything's going well in your world. Leela is here, says Eclipse will conjoin my needle, 12th house Mercury. Oh my goodness, Leela. Well, we will discuss that when we get to the seeing the Eclipse through the houses as well. But this may be a good time to, to still the mind, right? To be able to release the indecision that may keep you paralyzed and that may keep you feeling like you are imprisoned by your own mind and your own thoughts. So this would be a great time to calm those waters and get clarity. Tracy Chaplin says, wow, I didn't know about that degree of Saturn. Yeah, there's some really interesting esoteric uh, degrees, you know, like exaltation degrees. Um, you know, we have like, uh, for example, the moon is exalted at three degrees of Taurus, uh, Venus at 28 degrees of Pisces, uh, Mercury at 15 Virgo, and Jupiter at 15 Cancer, the sun at 19 degrees of Aries, if we're going through all of these. So there's, there's different planets uh, that we are going to be able to see in their exaltations. Um, and it's, you know, that's a really powerful place for those planets to be. So this, this being on the exaltation degree of Saturn, it, it feels like a very Saturnian eclipse to me. Uh, creating harmony. Khadija says, I'm cautiously interested by this eclipse. It is squaring Uranus and Neptune in the fifth. So it feels like catching a generational vibe in some way. Yeah, I mean, fifth house can also be related to the legacies that we pass on after after death or something like that. That's one of the reasons why we consider it the house of children. Because those are the things that are going to live beyond us. So yes, generational vibe may work for that. Susanna says, I find it really interesting that 12th house planets like the sun can be connected with hubris. Uh, makes sense, but still surprising. Yeah, I think that Ancient astrologers would think of this house that some of them would call it the house of self undoing. And oftentimes the, the way that we undo ourselves is through overestimating our abilities or not respecting the natural limits of divine law. That's really the, the essence of hubris is, you know, thinking that we may have more power than the gods themselves. That was, that was what was the most punishable offense in ancient Greek philosophy or ancient Greek uh, cosmology. So humility is the, is the antidote to that. Like being able to say, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I need to learn more. Maybe I need to listen. Maybe I need to research. Those are the ways to, to overcome some of those challenges. And again, I've, I've lived this in my life as well. This, this, uh, the, this, this life has knocked me down a peg quite a few times. <laughs> so I just continue to try to figure out how to be balanced and balance out those planetary energies. Uh, Luna Storm is here. Nice to see you, friend. Robin says, I have Mercury at 19 degrees Libra in the first house. Okay, Robin. So again, first house issue with uh, being able to, to still the mind. Um, you always want to look at the planets or the houses, excuse me, that the, that, that planet is hosting as well. So in a Libra rising chart, um, we are dealing with hosting the 12th house and i'm just thinking about this off the off the cuff and the ninth house so there may be 12th house ninth house matters that that become eclipsed with a, an eclipse very close to your mercury there so think about how those themes might interact as well yeah you're welcome mr hindsight i again um 
Just hang in there with these eclipses, friend. Carrie Castro is here. Says, I'm loaded up with Libra for this eclipse. Mercury 17, Moon 21, Sun 21, North Node 24 in the 11th. Oh my goodness, we got all our Libra friends here. Well, again, you're always going to feel it pretty, pretty intensely when you have a planet there. What The other thing I'll say, though, is that if you're getting nervous about an eclipse on an angular house or on an angular planet or something like that, or planet in general, most of us have lived through about four to six eclipses every year, every single year. So count that up by the amount of years that you've been alive and you've gone through this and you've survived. So it, this it's not always the the worst case scenario. Sometimes it is, and then we keep going, but but uh, we just have to kind of roll with it, right? We have to roll with the currents of our lives rather than tightening up and getting lost in the fear. Dimphy says, does the exaltation degree have to be exact or does it have an orb as well? My Mercury is 1453 Virgo. I mean, that's pretty close, Dimphy. I mean, that I would still consider that very close to the exaltation degree. That's That's within seven minutes of that. So I'm sure that there is a little bit of an orb there, but um, it's still ascending to that degree, so I would con consider that pretty powerful, Dimphy. Lucky you. Uh, KP1231 says, I'm satirizing this eclipse is in my 11th house and is squaring my Capricorn stellium in the second house, but exactly but exactly by degree, Venus 3, Sun 9, Mercury 28 seems too close for comfort. Yeah, again, you'll be fine. Well, <laughs> there's, there's always going to be something, right? And again, I will get I will break all of it down for all of you in the rising sign as well. But if I can be a voice of reason in these astrological shakeups, I hope that I will bring you a little bit of peace. I'm going to be going through it right with all of you. This eclipse is right on my part of spirit in the third house. So some changes probably happening for me as well that will require me to meet some portion of my fate. This week I'm planning on taking a week off. And my partner is as well. The two of us are going to take a week off. I will be off from live streaming next week. I haven't taken a live stream week off in a long time. And this seemed like an appropriate time, the day before an eclipse, while the moon was Hellenistic void, of course. So, you know, just some time to recharge the batteries and sometimes to think about what the future holds for everyone and things of that nature. So I would highly recommend carving out some time for reflection and trying not to push yourself too hard during this period of time. Khadija says, I have a Libra ascendant in my solar return. I plan on doing a little Venus appreciation tonight with my third coast mojo Venus oil to prepare myself. Oh, Khadija, thanks for that plug, friend. Those of you who are who want a little boost, my, my partner, Tanya Andrews, has some beautiful magically elected oils, including some Libra oils, like Khadija is pointing out with Venus. Uh, there and some Venus glamour oil as well. It's a great way to connect with the energy of this eclipse. You can find her on Etsy at Third Coast Mojo or in the description of this video. So thanks for doing for supporting her work, Khadija, and for shouting her out here. I appreciate that and appreciate you. Moonstorm says that's a great idea to take a break. Yes, we need breaks sometimes, friends. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been grinding pretty hard lately over the Virgo season, over the summer. Uh, we have to catch our breath every once in a while or we're just going to get burnt out, right? And, um, you know, it's going to, I think that it'll allow both of us to come up with some new ideas for new things, new offerings, all of these things as well. 
And you need to do that every once in a while. You need to keep it fresh. Sometimes when you get stuck in the same routines, the same ruts, um, I go. Th- I have a system for promoting all of these live streams, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of engagement. I'm a one-man promotion mate- team, so I make all the materials and post it everywhere. And just having a week off from that too may open my mind up for new possibilities. So, and we've been working really hard in the garden. We we finally finished putting in our pollinator habitat and digging up turf. <laughs> like I would not recommend that, friends. Um, that was a lot of backbreaking work that took many, many hours, um, but it's in and it looks nice and there's nice flowing lines. And I, I posted a video of that on my Instagram uh, a, a little while back. If you, if that's still there, I'm not sure if it's just in the stories or not, but um, yeah, it's okay to rest. This is, this is the, the post equinox period where we are starting to embrace the dark part of the year. You know, this is the time to start thinking about hibernation, to think about reflecting on how this year went for you and to prepare for the rusting period. This is something that we have difficulty doing in Western civilization. Um, We feel like we have to go through unlimited, unchecked growth at all times. We, We feel like it's a failure if we didn't beat the last quarter's growth numbers. That's just not how nature works. Nature has periods of growth and expansion, and it has periods of decay and contraction. And that is how it feeds itself and becomes sustainable. We need to align with that type of energy in our own lives. If you have periods of just unchecked growth at all times, you will burn out. You do need to learn how to rest. And this is an important time for that. Okay. Oh, thank you, Leela. We will try to enjoy, <laughs> to enjoy, uh, release, relieving some of our anxiety potentially uh, about the future and about all the things and the responsibilities that we're facing. And But I think it's good. It's good to have some space to put your heads together during Libra season and try to find solutions. Uh, C-Y-P-Y-A-H. Is that Cypress? Is that my guy Cypress up in Toronto? Um, how you doing, friend, if that is you? says, this eclipse is on my south node. Exact. Looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, this is a good opportunity to let go of some old karma or some old challenges. Uh, so I hope that you're doing well over there, wherever you're at, my friend. My friend Cyprus. You all need to know Cyprus. Cyprus, you need to put something out into the world. Like He's like a musician. He's just an overall cool, cool dude who uh, I really appreciate his energy and... Um, he is from the Caribbean and is an incredible, incredibly hard worker and a person of uh, just a real person of integrity. And I really respect some of the things that he's done in his life for his family. And I just want to give you a shout out, friend, and just give you a pat on the back because you deserve it. All right, let's see. So let's pull up this chart. So here is the new moon solar eclipse in Libra. And uh, we are looking at this big Libra stellium right here. Okay. And you can see it's at 21 degrees of Libra. Again, the, the exaltation degree of Saturn, Saturn in Libra. So very Saturnian place in the zodiac, restoring right proportion and balance. We have Mercury very close under the beams of the sun. So Mercury is challenged in this 
eclipse. Okay, Mercury is debilitated by being under the beams of the sun. It is getting very close to a Kazemi, though. We will have a, a Mercury Kazemi shortly after this, and I'll show you that as well. That's going to happen on the 20th of October. And Mercury is going to be making square to Pluto. One of the things that, that we're dealing with in, in Libra season this year is all of these planets are going to be making a whole sign square, an overcoming square, I should add, to Pluto. So to me, we are dealing with some corruption potentially in our uh, bureaucratic systems, the way that we've arranged our material life and the way that we've maybe asserted our material authority in different situations. We are probably dealing with having to go back and uh, work on that before Pluto moves into Aquarius in the beginning of 2024. So these are themes that we've been dealing with for 20 years or so. We're, we're getting a final opportunity to, to make good on the challenges that Pluto and Capricorn presented to us. Now, when planets are in an overcoming square, oftentimes those planets have, are said to have power over the planet that they're squaring, okay? So this is something where, oh, Cyprus, you're, you're an amazing friend. Thank you for the super chat, my friend. And again, I appreciate you and appreciate your, the way that you're moving through the world and the, the integrity that, that you are showing on a daily basis, friend. Um, okay, so with these overcoming planets, to Pluto, okay, we, we uh, might need to embrace the qualities of the planets that are overcoming Pluto to work through those challenges. We, so we have to work on our social graces, our ways that we find eternal harmony and peace, the ways that we communicate with one another so that we can find win-win situations, okay? This is important in Libra. We, we, in Aries, we kind of, we want what we want, and we are going to go for it with, uh, without really even thinking about anyone else's needs or things of that nature, okay? We, we're going for it. It's yang energy. Libra is more yin energy. Um, this is where, you know, we, we all are feeling a little bit attracted to increasing our individual personal sovereignty with the North Node in Aries. But that doesn't mean that we are going to be free from all of the bondages of relationship. So this is an eclipse that's going to show us some of the things that we still need to work through in relationship with one another to be able to, to pursue the individual desires that we have. And Cypress says, yes, Cypress eclipse in my third house, thinking of changing my community. And it might... Uh, might be fun. Yes, might move fun. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's a great, a great idea there, Cyprus. Cyprus and I share allele rising. So a change of location, community could potentially be beneficial if you're having this in the third house. I've been having some thoughts like that too. I've been kind of thinking about where I would like to settle and have roots. I have, I have a wonderful place here, but there's been some just some challenges we've been working through as far as like wondering if this is the place where we want to be long term and things of that nature. So, so I'm, I'm there with you thinking about where, where the best place to settle might be. Um, so this eclipse is going to bring up some of the repressed feelings that we've had 
regarding our material security potentially. Okay. Now you can see also that Mars has moved into by the time the eclipse will have happened. Okay. The Mars is going to be already in Scorpio. Okay. So it, it will have gone through the reduction phase of conjoining with the South node. And we, we recently went through this, I believe as I'm recording this on Friday, October, uh, what is the sixth? Um, we just had the conjunction of Mars and the South node like yesterday or the day before. So we've, we've seen the themes that are going to be happening. And then as Mars moves into Scorpio, it'll help us eliminate some of the bad habits, some of the, the old forms that are no, no longer bringing us vitality or serving us. That's, that's another part of this. Another issue that we want to address is the host of this uh, eclipse. So keep in mind the squares with, with Pluto, okay? Sun's going to square Pluto, Moon's going to square Pluto, Mercury's going to square Pluto. All of those are going to require us to negotiate our material blueprint, right? The way that we manage our lives materially, okay? Uh, and then we have uh, Venus here, who is going to be newly ingressed into Virgo by the time we get to eclipse season. And that is challenging for Venus because Venus it has spent an extended period of time in Leo. And now it is moving out of that, you know, cycle that, that, that was extended because of the Venus retrograde this year into what is considered its fall in Hellenistic astrology. Now that is a dignity that basically means that Venus is at the bottom of the wheel of fortune. It isn't able to to have as as much power and strength as it wants to have now does that mean that it can't do venus things no it means that you can still do venusian things but they might require more effort it might require more compromise uh it is in the house of mercury which enjoys casting things into doubt dividing things into categories uh, communicating, uh, exploring and opposing viewpoints, skepticism, whereas Venus is, is more about trying to come into alignment with others, trying to figure out what brings us together rather than separates us. So it's an awkward combination. But we may have to be very co cognizant of the details uh, of creating harmony. Okay, so we we are going to be seeing another very interesting uh, condition with these two planets here, Mercury and Venus. They are going to be in what is called mutual reception to one another. So even though Venus does not aspect the eclipse, which, which means it has difficulty bringing resources to it, um, there's a couple things that we can see. We do have a mutual reception between Venus and Libra and, I'm sorry, Mercury and Libra and Venus and Virgo. Now, what that means is they are exchanging dignities. They're exchanging signs. It's sort of like they are in each other's houses, okay? Like they are exchanging a vacation rental or something like that. So there is an ability to, to utilize the power of communication and the power of coming into agreement sort of through the back channels 
And again, it may not be the easiest conversations because of Mercury's combust condition and because of Venus's fallen position. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Michelle, for the super sticker. I appreciate you, friend. Thank you for your generosity each week. Uh, you, you're always such a great supporter of this channel. And Khadija says, is this eclipse conjunct spica? What is the orb on that? It's close. Spica is around 23, 24 degrees Libra. Arcturus is a little bit further on than that. So um, it depends on what orbs that you use. Spica is pretty bright. So sometimes with bright fixed stars, we can use an orb up to two degrees. So yes, I think some spica, uh, some, some spica conditions and, and significations could come into place. Spica often represents a gift or a talent that we might have or that we may receive as a benefit or help from others. Um, the south node is on Arcturus, very close, which is a pathfinder. It is someone who is uh, changing from like almost like a hunter-gatherer society to a more agricultural one. So it's, it talks of themes of domestication and things of that nature. So we may have to, to deal with our thoughts on those type of issues in our life with this eclipse as well. So that's a good catch, Khadija. Um, having the spike on the south node, though, could be good fortune that comes to us from the past or from a previous condition, potentially. Another way to read that could be, you know, spike energy sort of getting <laughs> like down the drain, which I hope it doesn't, but, but we'll see. Um, okay. So we, we know that we have Mercury co-present, South Node co-present. We have Venus hosting the, the eclipse. We have Mars newly ingressed into Scorpio. We have squares with Pluto. Okay. And th that's really the main aspects that we have with the eclipse. Really, honestly, Pluto is the only planet that is going to be aspecting these planets uh, by... Uh, Hellenistic traditional aspect. Everything else is kind of an aversion to it, which for better or for worse, we don't really have any help from Jupiter. We don't really have any help from Venus, although we do have that mutual reception. Saturn is an aversion, so Saturn's not as much a part of the conversation. Although when the host is an aversion, sometimes we look to the exaltation lord to provide resources, which in this case would be Saturn. But here we... Saturn doesn't witness either, so it's, it's difficult for Saturn to be able to help as well. The other aspect that I do think that is interesting to think about is we will have just seen a trine between Mars and Saturn, though. So you can see here that after immediately after the ingress of Mars into Scorpio, it will make an immediate trine to Saturn. So this is a, a condition where we are having to come to terms with maybe some unhealthy desires that we have that aren't tenable. And we're learning about our limitations and the limitations of our dream. Um, Saturn has been challenging us with its retrograde cycle through the first decan of Pisces to really get clear about the stories and narratives that we tell ourselves that shape our reality, the, the ideals that we have as well the why that we are doing something, right? Getting clear about our why rather than the how. Um, you know, we will have also recently experienced a Venus-Saturn opposition. So there will be some 
some tension around the methods that we've been using to achieve the goal that is true to our hearts. So this is another thing to consider is how can you balance during this time period the energies of Venus and Virgo and, and Saturn and Pisces? So how can you get clear about the details necessary to achieve the dream? Or does the dream inform a different method of going about what you need to go about? Uh, KP1231, thank you so much for the super sticker, friend. Says, thank you. I forgot to mention Pluto is conjunct my Mercury. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but you're truly a calming force. Thank you, friend. Uh, definitely planning to book a reading soon. Oh, good. I would love that. Um, I always love connecting with all of you here. Um, I am available for, for readings during eclipse season or from whenever, you know. Um, happy to help and, and guide you through some of these changes as well. But I appreciate the super sticker, my friend. Uh, okay, so so we're we're having to ask ourselves questions about our why and our how. Like here's a here's an example without getting too far into the weeds and the depths into my personal life. Although I share quite a bit on this channel, but I've been asking myself a, a lot of questions about what it means to be free. And oftentimes we look at our financial picture to show us whether we are free or not, right? And we have a, we have a home that we purchased where we had a, a tenant and a renter and the, the situation just didn't really work for us. And we haven't had a, a tenant for a couple months now. And we've been asking ourselves, what is the true meaning of freedom? Is it having a private space to yourself and we, we've i've talked about this on the channel and what does that mean does that mean that you have to stay in this place that you are if even if it's difficult to afford that uh, or does that freedom can it be movable like like cyprus was talking about changing communities i've been kind of like looking around me like maybe there's a cheaper house <laughs> i could get the same experience of freedom and privacy that I want, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in the form that I currently have it. So that's one example of thinking about changes that could be made. Um, and I haven't made any decisions on that. This is just, you know, I'm just kicking around ideas at this point. Uh, but, but these are the types of thoughts that we have during eclipse season. They are actually big deals. Like for a cancer son, such as myself, moving would be a big, a big shift, a big change. Uh, it would it would necessitate a different mindset around things, and uh, there would be, yeah, it would be a little bit disruptive, right? Which is eclipse season. But the, on the flip side of that, let's say there were changes like that in the works. Uh, on the other side of it, maybe potentially it brings you a situation that actually brings you more peace. One of the, the most challenging things about being, uh, I don't know. And I, I totally, I want to preface everything that I'm saying by saying that it is a gift to be a homeowner and it is, I feel very fortunate to have that opportunity. I will also say that there's a lot of anxiety around owning a home, especially when it's 140 years old. And uh, if you are familiar with the term house poor, um, that's not a fun place to be. <laughs> that is not a place that feels free. And um, this is something that, that we are confronting right now of trying to figure out what, how to move past that. And this is not an uncommon story for people you know, all over the world. 
Um, you know, inflation is happening. Uh, being able to become a homeowner is more and more difficult with inflation. Uh, purchasing a home is more and more expensive, and we're having to make more and more sacrifices to make that a reality. So I share that because that's a, that's just a an example of the types of thinking that you might encounter during an eclipse, right? Like like having to decide what truly brings you peace, what truly brings you freedom, and what sacrifices may be necessary to achieve that, what changes you may consider that were outside the box that you may not have considered in the past, um, and what your obligations are as well. Like for in my own case, like I'm not rushing off to make big changes because there's there's certain obligations that that we have in our life, right? It's not the easiest thing in the world to just pick up and buy a new house or sell sell your home. That's it's, it takes there's a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of considerations and challenges and changes. Uh, I have family in this area, you know, so there's all sorts of things to think about if you're thinking about a major change in your life. So so clarity is what comes in and also talking it out with the people in your life. You don't always have to make all of these decisions by yourself. Okay, so this is where you kind of like are evaluating the way things have worked in the past and talking about it with the other people that you share responsibilities and commitments with. That's a super important part of this axis of the Aries North Node, Libra South Node, because we don't always go on this journey by ourselves. And that's a beautiful thing and it's also a frustrating thing like it's both this is why relationships are can be a both a blessing and a curse and everything in between so try to get the saturnian objectivity that you need to accurately assess your situation during this eclipse period because saturn is going to be stationing direct on november the third so we can probably get a lot clearer about what our obligations and commitments and what is what is doable within our dream and what needs to be let go of within the dream potentially. And we'll get a lot clearer with that as Saturn moves direct. But the Mars set, excuse me, the Mars Saturn trine is an amazing opportunity to start to eliminate old forms, especially in old emotional attachments that may be making the true freedom, dream, happiness, peace, uh, a distant dream, okay? Luna Storm says, I am house poor as well. Well, I'm sorry, Fred. It, this is something I resisted for a long time. I, I rented for a long time, and I sort of stayed out of the capitalistic system as much as I possibly could. I really kind of resisted being a part of it. Um, I resisted taking on debt if I could and things like that. And, um, and there's a reason for that because it, it is, it is, there's a lot of considerations that go into, to this. And, um, there's so many different ways to be free though. I don't think that freedom is a lack of any obligations. I, I made that mistake as a young person. I thought that to be free, I just had to have no commitments. And that is not necessarily true. It can be true in some parts of your life and in some forms, but it is also its own prison on some level as well. So it's all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter of what works for you in your individual life and your individual circumstances. 
because there are things that came to you that were brought to you that were not necessarily your fault or your choice. And you still have to acknowledge and work within those boundaries to, to be able to have a life that is harmonious, balanced, and in a homeostasis kind of state. So I know that we'd like to dream big, especially in the West, in America and things like that. But there is honor in being able to work through your commitments and work within the limitations that you have within your life. It is honorable. And I've, I've shouted out a few folks in my chat here today that have been able to do that with such grace and self-sacrifice. And it is, it is something that we need to honor rather than feeling like we need to change every single thing based on our, our delusional whim, right? Um, so I, I feel all of you out there who have commitments in their life, that have circumstances that are immutable, and finding solutions to work within that is good work, okay? That is honorable work. So that's the voice of Saturn, right? Accepting our limitations, while also realizing that if we are in toxic situations, that we need to do the, the, the hard work necessary to get ourselves out of it, or an imbalanced situation on some level. So that's the main breakdown. So what I'm going to do next is I'm going to take this through the houses. And if you have any questions, feel free to put it in the chat. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out is that previously, before this eclipse happens, we will be seeing the moon void of course from October the 11th. So here is October the 11th on the outside. Once the moon in Virgo makes a trine to Jupiter here, okay? There's Jupiter, and there's the trine to Jupiter. It does not make any other Hellenistic aspects for 30 degrees over sign boundaries, which is much more rare than the modern interpretation where I believe that it's through the, the end of the sign. So this is a time where the, the Hellenistic astrologers would say, nothing is going to come of the matter, right? This is, this is not a time to make huge commitments uh, this is a great time for release. This is a great time to clean the clutter out of your house. It's a great time to think about your life, but not necessarily have to make all the decisions until the moon is out of this void, of course, type of condition. Uh, thank you, Modern Goldilocks, for the super chat today. I appreciate you, friend. So the day after the void, of course, Mars moves into Scorpio and then makes that trine with Saturn on the 13th. And then we have the 14th, we have our eclipse. Now, this, this is repeated. This kind of movement of void of course moon is repeated before the next eclipse on the 28th. So three days before that eclipse, the moon is going to go void of course again, which is really interesting. So we have two opportunities to clear those decks. And then shortly after the eclipse, I'm going to show you this as well. So if we go through the eclipse period, there's the 14th, right? The, the, the void of course ends... It ends uh, at 4.57 a.m. when the moon conjoins Mercury on the day of the eclipse. So it, the, the void, of course, will end before the eclipse happens. Okay. The subsequent days after, the moon is going to be out of bounds. 
starting on the 17th. And then the Sun will hit the South Node, similarly as Mars did. So look to the Leo area of your chart to see another something drain, potentially, where maybe we have to release some of our uh, positions of, of authority or something of that nature as well. That could be uh, something that we're seeing, like the, a leader, maybe, maybe even someone, a prominent leader having a fall from grace or something like that, potentially, as the sun conjoins the south node. Okay. So you can see this is on the outside here. Uh, and the same day that, or the, actually uh, subsequent days, Mercury is also going to hit the south node. So then I want you to look at the Mercury ruled houses, Virgo and Gemini, for another release. This is so much, this is, a, I'm telling you, folks, this is a season of letting go and releasing. And it's okay. It's going to be okay. It's, liber it's a liberation, all right? Just think of the, the weight that's going to be lifted off your shoulders when some things that have been holding you down for so long are finally released. It is, it is a beautiful feeling, okay? And then finally, after this, we're going to see the Kazemi of Mercury right here at about 26 degrees of Libra on the 20th. So this is a powerful time to get new ideas, new downloads. Um, unfortunately, this Kazemi is squared Pluto, so it is going to bring up some really challenging conversations. I would encourage you to watch how you assert your authority and how you communicate around this period of time. Try not to, to use any underhanded methods to solve your problems or things of that nature because Mercury is going to square Pluto during the Kazemi. Sun's going to square Pluto during the Kazemi. And then after that, Venus is going to try and Jupiter and uh, it is eventually going to see Mercury trining Saturn. So we're going to have some nice trines after the difficulty. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to stop my share and let's take a little stretch break. Let's take this opportunity before we go into the houses. Let's take this opportunity to, to like and subscribe. Please do me a huge favor. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Please subscribe to my newsletter if you are not a part of that. That's where I uh, announce all my live streams and new classes and offerings. I also uh, would encourage you to sign up for the Third Coast Mojo newsletter, which is my partner, Tanya Andrews. Wonderful newsletter where she keeps you up to date on all of her magical offerings. You can follow her at Third Coast Mojo on Instagram as well, and you can find her on Etsy. She has some really amazing new products that are going to be coming out over the course of the next few months as well. So get a drink of water, get a stretch in, move your hips a little bit. As you're getting into, if you're in your uh, early 40s like me, uh, you got to move those hips, right? Jiggle them out a little bit. Sitting too long can, uh, it's no good. <laughs> so, and thank you so much for all the super stickers today. It's so wonderful to, to feel so well provided for by you in the in the um, in the chat here today. I really appreciate you. Okay, so what I'm going to do next is I'm going to take this through the houses, and we'll be here for a little bit longer doing this uh, housework. And then I'll be on vacation for nine days. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. We'll see how it goes. All right.
so here is our chart of the eclipse through the houses and we are going to start with Libra rising because we are we have a new policy on this channel we're going to when we take a lunation a new or full moon through the houses we're going to start where the sun is so that everyone gets a chance to be first and no one feels left out like they have to wait till the end of the show every time oh thanks luna storm i'm glad that you're here my friend okay libra rising you are one of the lucky folks that have this eclipse in an angular house and by lucky i'm being mildly sarcastic because <laughs> because angular eclipses bring us some they always bring us some uh very intense experiences potentially uh the host of this lunation will be venus in the 12th so this may be a, a time where you may be really thinking a lot about how to get rest, how to come into more solitude, where you may need to understand the methods that you are utilizing to create harmony within your life. Uh, you may have to um, you may have to figure out how to rebalance Venusian energy. Remember we talked about Saturn as a uh, as the joy, as having its joy in the 12th house. There may be some things where you need to reduce something that is excessive or increase that which is lacking in, in regards to Venusian qualities, right? In regards to maybe the way that you try to relate to one another. Maybe there is something that's lacking in your relationships that you need to increase. It could be dealing with a secret enemy, and the secret enemy could be our own minds. Oftentimes, the, the secret enemy of the 12th house is, is our own uh, distorted perspectives. So <laughs> I'm, I've, I am including myself in this. I, I've had a number of distortions of my own that I've had to really come to terms with in my own life. Now, the square to Saturn is going to be from your first to your fourth house. So Libra rising, there may be some negotiations and rebalancing and maintenance that you have to work through in regards to your living situation, in regards to your family of origin. Uh, there may be some things that are revealed that require social grace that come up with, with your parents, that come up with your siblings, or that come up with people that you live with, or, or anything connected to your roots or your ancestry could also have to do with your home. This could be something where there's something revealed about your house that is challenging. Uh, Tanya and I recently had an electrician <laughs> out to the house to set up some wiring for a generator, um, which we have a generator, but it's kind of too small, to be honest with you. And uh, the estimate that we got for the generator was very expensive, kind of a shock. And I have Mars right now squaring Pluto from the third house to the sixth house, which is the sixth house is related to people that that uh, that work for you, right? And Mars in my chart rules the fourth house. So you could see how like we got a little shock about how expensive some kind of repair might be if we go through with it. Um, so for you, Libra rising, Mars just moved into your second house. So this may be a time where you're also really thinking about how to support yourself maybe eliminating 
some spending with Mars there as well. Mars can say, hey, maybe you've, you, your budget's gotten a little bloated. Maybe we need to cut some things out to, to restore balance and harmony, equilibrium. This also could be with Mars in the second, some conversations with your partner around spending as well, because Mars rules uh, the seventh house. So hang in there, Libra rising. Uh, try to maintain your equilibrium. Remember that you are a master at creating harmony, but it comes from within first. Okay. And you'll get through it. So let's look at Scorpio rising. So Scorpio rising, you are experiencing this eclipse in the 12th house. It's hosted by Venus in the 11th. It is squaring Pluto in the third and Mars has just ingressed into your first house. So this is interesting to me. So we've got squares from the 12th to the third. Uh, I often think of the 12th house as, as a place where we want to retreat from life with something that may be pulling us away from a sense of feeling personally empowered also, because it is the cadent house of the first house. So there may be a situation in your life where you are feeling pulled away from a sense of personal empowerment. Although with Mars moving into your first house, that's your first house ruler. You could be feeling pretty charged up about something. Your, your, your vitality may have started to return potentially. Although this is a powerful eclipse. And I want to also preface that eclipses are new moons that don't necessarily only last for like the 30-day lunar cycle. They are usually active in meta cycles of like six months. Uh, I believe there's an 18-year cycle with, with deg eclipse degrees as well. I might, if someone correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I remember that there's a longer term cycle as well. So this could be a really important new beginning for coming to terms with the way that you seek solitude, with the way that you rest, especially in relationship to groups as well, like with Venus in the 11th house. There could be some challenges <clears throat> with revealing potentially how you may self-sabotage uh, through your daily habits and routines. Um, with Mars moving through your first, this is a great way to cut, a great time to cut out things related to the body that aren't serving you or bringing you vitality anymore. Uh, third house often relates to, can relate to siblings, can relate to neighbors, but it also relates to short journeys that we take that are basically like our daily, our daily routines and errands. So there may be some communications that you might need to cut out as well that, that, that could be interfering with your peace and equilibrium. So if something is revealed in regards to any of those topics, just take your time. Uh, try not to make it worse by, by utilizing the, the power of that Mars in a negative way. Try not to lash out, right? Or brood on it or, or seek revenge until your dying breath. Like this is a scorpionic thing where if you feel hurt emotionally, you'll just, a lot of times what Scorpios will do is they'll just file it away. And they're like, okay, mm-hmm. You won't see it on their face, but they'll be like obsessing about how to clap back or to seek revenge or crush and destroy, even if it takes them decades. So resist that temptation and uh, you'll get through this, my friends. Kate's here. Nice to see you, Kate. Hello, Cosmic Friends. Nice to see everyone here today. Yes. Rachel's saying happy vacation. Yes, we're, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, 
I'm about 45 minutes away from a nine-day nine vacation, which I've sorely needed after all of the activity of the past few weeks, months, etc. So let's move on to Sagittarius rising. Luna Storm says, that's my Mars in Scorpio, <laughs> right? Well, uh, you know, no, no lies were spoken, right? And we all have challenges. The, 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 the benefits of Mars in Scorpio is a relentless energy, like, you know, being able to defend the dying life force. Mars in, in Scorpio in general is really related to the separation, the severing and separation that needs to happen of spirit from the body to be able to return the body that is no longer providing vitality back to the earth. So a, a great way to utilize that Mars uh, lunastorm is to be able to release the things that aren't serving you. Not necessarily through getting even or like crushing or destroying or poisoning or all of these things. Just saying, you know what? This isn't serving me anymore. I'm going to release that form and liberate this energy to be reborn in a new form. And that's, to me, that is use, utilizing Mars and Scorpio at its highest. Okay. And also being good in a crisis situation, I think, is a Mars and Scorpio thing as well. Kate says, did I miss any remarks on Venus Mercury reception? Yes, you did, Kate. So you'll have to rewind a couple, uh, a couple different, a uh, couple minutes back. We talked about Mercury and Venus exchanging signs and having a secret line of communication between one another. Okay, Sag Rising, we will talk about uh, your 11th house eclipse with a square to Pluto in the second house. Uh, this eclipse is going to be hosted by Venus in your 10th. And uh, you have Mars in your 12th now, Mars and Scorpio. So 11th house eclipses, this could be the beginning of an ending. Remember, I'm going to continue to say that. This is the beginning of a letting go. A beginning of the letting go of something that will restore right proportion to this house that it's in. So, you know, for, for our previous talks, Libra rising is letting go of something that's restoring balance to the body. Scorpio rising is letting something go that is restoring right proportion to the way that they seek solitude or that the way that they maybe self-sabotage. Uh, Sagittarius rising is, is letting go of something that is going to restore right proportion and balance to their 11th house of groups, friendships, benefits from the government, all of those things because of the second house derived house from the 10th. So uh, it is also going to be squaring Pluto in the second. Whatever you're letting go of in regards to the group may be bringing up some repressed feelings, discussions, tensions about how you feel about your own skill set, about your own self-esteem, about your own resources, and how you support yourself. So there may be something where maybe the group has been taking away energy that you need to, to keep for yourself, Sagittarius Rising. Maybe by letting go of some of your, your group commitments, your altruistic commitments, you can reshape the way that you are supporting yourself. And this could also be adding, there's some tension that could be going with your career where you're trying to create harmony in your career, but there's a situation in your domestic life that is you know, making it difficult, that you're coming up against a brick wall in the domestic life that's, that's making it challenging for you to create the type of harmony that you want publicly. 
Every time I see Mars heading into the 12th house, two things to think about Sag rising is that oftentimes Mars in the 12th makes it very difficult for us to sleep or for us to get the peace that we desire. Oftentimes we want our peace and solitude, but there's just something that is gnawing at us in our, in our dream life, in the back of our subconscious, or even in our, in our realities. This is a great time though to cut, cut out. Remember we talked about severing any bad habits that, that any old, uh, dreams, any old things that aren't providing us with vitality anymore. Some of it may be related to our home and our family and where we live and things of that nature, because we can utilize the trine between Mars and Saturn to be able to, to make a brand new start with that. Again, we are in the, in the season of release. So this is, you're, you are in alignment with the cosmos if you are learning how to let go of things that just aren't bringing you balance and harmony and peace right now. And Sag rising, just one little note, um, Jupiter, your ascendant ruler, is still retrograde, but is going to station direct on December 30th. So hang in there. Like, you'll probably start feeling a lot better, A, when Saturn moves direct in your fourth house, and when Jupiter moves direct in your sixth house as your ascendant ruler, uh, Saturn moving direct on November 4th, and Jupiter stationing direct on December 30th. Okay, friends, let's keep going. Let me check in on the chat here. Uh, Don says, I enjoy my Jupiter, Venus, and Mars, and Scorpio. It took a long time to know how to use it without crushing everyone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, takes practice, right? Takes practice. Kate says, it's nice seeing Mars in, its, in this watery home. Yeah, it's a really powerful place for Mars. Um, and... You know, another thing that Mars and Scorpio is good at is is just hanging on, right? If there's if you're just kind of hanging on to the last gasp of breath, Mars is great for fending off something that will threaten that. It's good for protection. It's I would if you're doing any rituals around this period of time, it's a great you know planet to end sign to protect your space. Um, Tanya, some really amazing Mars and Scorpio. Uh, electional material that one of which is called fiery wall of protection where it's it's great for setting boundaries and protecting your home and your space so it's great for that kind of energy as well it's a defensive mars rather than an aggressive one where we see mars and aries it's yin yin mars it's like a ninja right it's it's ninja energy rather than like a gladiator energy secret secret mars Don says, as it's all in the 12th, I definitely need to enjoy my time alone to regroup. Yes, exactly. Exactly, Don. And then, you know, and this is a thing too, with Mars and Scorpio in the 12th, you know, it's in its own domicile. So there, that, that may be a, depending on whether you're a night or a day birth, if you're a night birth, it's probably more positive. You may experience less of the distractions than other people might with Mars in the 12th house. It might just be a more comfortable situation because it's in its own domicile. One other signification, if, if Mars is in your 12th, it could just be bringing some conflicts through, through some secret enemies as well. That's kind of an, another part of Hellenistic 12th house is people that seek to undermine us. So there might be some conflicts with people that are trying to undermine us. And unfortunately, 
if, if you know, Mars can become very powerful in its own domicile in the 12th house. So your secret enemies could become more powerful as well. So there's something just to file away. Uh, Luna Storm says, I need to clean the garage out. Oh, that's perfect for this time period. Perfect. Yes. Really getting into the nitty gritty of cleaning out something that we've been meaning to, that we've been hanging on to, that isn't providing vitality. It's a great time to release the horde. Okay. Um, Mr. Hindsight says, I'm going to let go of work. Yes, that's great for, I believe, a sixth house eclipse, right? That you were talking about, friend? Dawn says, I've always called Scorpio fire water. I was born at dawn. Nice. Nice. Okay, so Capricorn rising. You are having another angular eclipse. Venus is going to host from the ninth house. There is a square to Pluto in the first. And then, you know, Mars is going to be going through your 11th house. Um, this could be the beginning of moving on from a job, from a career, changing careers, trying to find equilibrium and balance within your public life. It may cause you to feel separated from your community a little bit. You may have to find a new, a new friend group. Oftentimes our social groups come through our jobs and through our work. It may be bringing up a lot of feelings and questions around your own capabilities. Uh, you may have been doing a lot of hard work in the last couple decades on how you assert authority and how you manage the responsibilities that inevitably come to every Capricorn rising. So what I will say is that Try not to let the squares, the changes, make you feel insecure about your capabilities. I think that uh, I've witnessed this in my own Capricorn rising partner who has been exploring, just maybe potentially switching careers, jobs, etc. And it's brought up a lot of feelings about our capabilities. And I know, like in my experience, that every time my partner leaves a job, they end up replacing her with three people, uh, which tells me that she is incredibly competent and very good at her job, even if it isn't flashy. This is the, this is the Capricorn way. Is It's not flashy. It's just you keep showing up and you keep showing up and you keep doing a good job and you, you know, you're somebody that people can count on. And I think that the Cap Risings need to hear that, is that you are a valuable member of any organization that you would become a part of. And it's okay to make those changes and that I think that when you accept the fact that you're good at what you do, it's going to bring you the right situation. So, so don't hang on too tightly to the, the outdated old situation, especially if it's because of, you know, social obligations or things of that nature, because you will, you will find rebirth within that. Okay. Like a lot of Capricorn risings have the midheaven in Scorpio. So they will have to go through a lot of different social and milieu changes. Um, there is an opposition between Venus and Saturn here that is separating. And Venus is, is going through your ninth house. There's a, some, maybe some questioning of your belief systems of what does bring you in contact with relationships and harmony and things like that. And you may have to release the old form 
around how you've structured your life and the beliefs that you've structured your life around so that you can create the daily life that you want with Saturn retrograding through your third house. Uh, oftentimes, we will stick with routines and habits and situations that aren't serving us or that we're not even happy at. And <laughs> Capricorn Rising is, and Capricorns in general, are masters at enduring situations that eventually become like prisons, okay? Uh, sometimes I've seen Capricorns work in literal prisons, like in the prison system, but they are, they are, Capricorn is everything that is inside the boundaries. And there's a lot of stories around Capricorn, around feeling that, you know, being trapped inside a situation as a youth or something of that nature. So, so try to find ways to liberate yourself this time from whether it's from your, the responsibilities that are holding you down and recognize that you may have to work your way back up in a new situation, in a new organization with a new group of people, but you will, you've done it so many times and you will become a valuable and respected member of that community over time. And it will just take time. And you may find that it's, it's just part of your story. And eventually you'll get where you need to go. And you'll feel a release from the burdens when you finally let go of the old situation that isn't serving you anymore. Okay? Michelle says, Cap Rising, and I have my natal south node at 11 degrees and Mercury conjunct Venus and Libra at 21 Natal Mars and Leo 28, does this make any difference in regards to the eclipse effect? Uh, Michelle says, oh my goodness, master at enduring is so right. Well, Michelle, you have your, uh, this eclipse is on your Mercury-Venus conjunction in the 10th house, right? And uh, this is probably a career change type thing, and it's going to affect a lot of different areas of your life. Like uh, with, with Venus, Venus rules the 10th and the 5th house. So your change of jobs could have an effect on your creativity or on your children or, or the legacies that you want to pass on. Uh, with having Mercury there as well, it could also affect your belief system, travel, um, and the type of work that you're doing with the 6th house. So a lot of changes coming for you, Michelle, with that. But uh, if, you, if you're going with the flow of the Tao right now, with the current of the times, releasing is important because you never know. Like maybe you'll make some more money. Like this is the thing. If you're many Capricorn risings are motivated by money, and which rightly so. It's it's we need it sometimes. You know, like so you never know. Like leaving being being brave enough to leave the stable situation may actually bring you benefits in the future. Okay. Let's take a look at Aquarius rising. So Aquarius rising, there is an eclipse happening in your ninth house. So this is a time period of letting go of old belief systems. Maybe even letting go of uh, participation within an orthodox religious system, maybe a church, maybe a, a university system, something that's connected with higher education, orthodox spirituality, or the law. There could be some 
the resolving of an old situation or conflict regarding a legal situation. Um, it will be squaring Pluto in the 12th house. So the resolution of this, the letting go, is probably going to be bringing up a lot of subconscious emotions around how you organize your life. Uh, it is going to be hosted by Venus in the 8th house. Okay. So there could be some challenges and difficult conversations with Venus and Saturn over your second and eighth house axis. So you may be trying to create some harmony with how you share resources with someone else, but it's going to require you to make some changes in your belief systems around what is possible for you personally. Maybe you're having some conversations with your partner about who's responsible for what financially. And there's going to be a lot of hard work ahead and some budget pruning and things of that nature. Um, Mars has just moved into your 10th house. So you may have the energy now to, to put more of your emotional focus into your career. You may even see more conflicts within your career, potentially with Mars being very strong in domicile in the 10th. If you're a night chart, it's more positive. So if the sun is below the horizon in your chart, Mars in the 10th house is probably going to be, you're going to be kicking ass and taking names. Uh, you may benefit from difficult circumstances. When we have powerful malefics like this, when they are in sect, okay, when they're in the sect of favor, oftentimes it acts as a functional benefic, but it is still a malefic planet. So you will, you might benefit from someone else losing, right? like there's, it's not a win-win situation. It's someone else lost and you benefited from it or someone I don't know, like that That could be the, the Mars in the 10th house if you're a night chart. If you're a day chart, it's a little stickier. Um, that may just be some powerful conflicts within within your, your career situation. So always check the sect of a planet, especially the malefics. A, a very powerful malefic, if it is like, let's say Saturn in Libra in a day chart or Saturn in Aquarius or Capricorn in a day chart, it can you can benefit from from difficult circumstances and from enduring. Whereas it's a little bit harder when it's Saturn in a night chart. Okay. So hang in there, Aquarius rising. You will have both you and Cap rising. If I go back here for just a second, Saturn. So Saturn is going to be stationing direct on November the 4th. So for Cap rising, it's going to be in the third house, your daily habits, routines, siblings, your own inner knowing and inner knowledge rather than having to follow along with the prevailing belief system. And for Aquarius rising, we are looking at Saturn ruling the chart in the second house, okay, where you, you'll probably get clear about what needs to happen in your financial life and with your own skill set to make things move forward uh, with grace. Okay, let's see, looking through the chat. Susanna says, thank you, Shirley, been feeling the shift, Cap Ascendant and Moon. Yeah, Susanna, have you been having uh, career changes as well? Let me let me know, because I, I know my Cap Rising partner has been really considering a lot of these things, and I'm, I'm curious if this has been coming up for you as well. I know Michelle was talking about that a few weeks ago, like potential career shifts with the 10th house. Uh, Kate says, Cap Rising seems like maturing their perspective of value with work and community. That's a good, I like that read on that. Like a reset, letting go of what doesn't work. Definitely. I agree. 
Um, and that makes that, that brings about a lot of personal changes in, in our view of ourselves and what is possible for ourselves. Um, Luna Storm says, what do you mean by sect ruler? So Luna Storm, the in Hellenistic astrology, in ancient traditional astrology, uh, the planets were on were said to be on a, a political team. Sect is basically a fancy word for like a team of planets, right? And it is related to where the sun is, either above or below the horizon in the chart. So in this chart, this chart would be considered a day chart or a day sect chart because it is above the horizon line. If the sun was below the horizon, it would be a night chart. It doesn't matter where the moon is. It's strictly based on where the sun is. And when the sun is above the horizon, both Saturn, Jupiter, and the sun have political power in the chart. They don't have to make compromises to, to achieve their agendas. Whereas Mars, Venus, and the moon sort of are like uh, in the political pow party that is not in power, and they often have to negotiate to, to, to get their agendas across. Uh, Mercury goes both ways. If Mercury in this, like in this chart, Mercury is a day Mercury because it rises before the sun over the ascendant. So that would be in the, in the day sect or the solar sect. But if it rose after the sun, it would be in the night, in the night chart or in the night sect. Okay. So just a little, a little Hellenistic, uh, education there. Um, but Robert Schmidt had some really good lectures about functional benefics and malefics. Um, Demetra George talks about that a lot in her books as well. So those are two good resources to, to study further. Um, one other last example with this. Uh, for example, this Venus is in a day chart and it will be an out of sect benefic planet. And it's not in a, the best shape, okay? It's in its fall, it's in a dark house, it has difficulty doing good from this house, okay? Uh, because of its aspect relationship to the ascendant. Sometimes, even if a planet, let's say Venus was in the 11th house, I have this in my chart, Venus in a, in a day chart in the 11th house, a good house. So Venus can do good work in the 11th house, but oftentimes the harmony that you create within the group, group is at your own expense and you feel a little bit drained afterwards. I have experienced this in the past where, where my involvement in a group has brought a lot of benefit from the group, but I didn't necessarily benefit from it personally. So it was good that I was involved. It was sort of an altruistic experience, but I didn't necessarily receive the benefits that one normally would potentially. So I tend to think of out-of-sect benefic planets as like the good work that you have to do, whether you get the credit or the goodies. You know, it's, it's, it's your altruistic benefic, right? Um, so that's, that's a nice, another interesting way to think about it. Whereas the benefic in, insect, the one that is of the, the political party in favor, you have more agency with that. Like if you have Ju Jupiter in a day chart, the actions that you take can bring benefits to you as well as to the situation that it, you find it in. Okay. So Don says in a situation like mine, born at sunrise, uh, what sect would you apply? Well, it, de it depends. Um, that, that is flummoxed astrologers for many centuries. Um, you'd really have to kind of just look at your life and, and try to ascertain whether each of the planets was uh, 
functioning properly in that house or not based on your experience. I would just take a look at whether it's above or below the ascendant degree. And I would kind of, usually I just tend to go with that. Like if your sun, like let's if, if your ascendant is 15 degrees uh, Aquarius, but the sun is at four degrees Aquarius, I'd consider it a day chart. If it's, you know, below the horizon uh, at 25 degrees Aquarius, it'd be a night chart. But, but there's, again, you have to look at your life and kind of make that assertion. Don says, my cap rising nephew just had a conversation with his boss that dynamics had to change or he would be leaving. My cap rising husband with Aries son couldn't contain himself. He told his boss he was leaving. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> yep. So I'll tell you, I tell you what. I tell you, it's it's going around. I I would not be surprised if my cap rising partner potentially has a job change coming on the horizon as well. So, uh, Susanna says, being a painter hasn't been easy lately, but that's what I want to do. I've had to consider other options, but there aren't there aren't many. Um, yeah, like so. Sometimes you have to stay true to yourself and to your commitments, right, Susanna? Like you, you probably have some extra tension because. Pluto and all of these Libra plant planets are squaring your your Cancer Sun uh, in the in the seventh house, so probably some extra tension there. But you're an incredible artist, Susanna, and I hope that you're able to find success materially with that. And there's no shame in doing a few other things to to pay the bills as well. Hopefully, you're able to find the right equilibrium in in whatever you need to do to to take care of your responsibilities. Um, but keep doing your art, you know, don't stop doing your art. Like she, she, Susanna is an incredible painter and, and does a lot of cool stuff with that. So check her out and support her work. Yeah, Susanna says twilight charts can be tricky. They definitely can. Dawn says, gotcha, thank you. I love both ways, Gemini Moon. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kate says, my son is conjunct the descendant above one degree. It's conjunct above. Yeah, so I would... Check it as a day chart first then, Kate, and then see if that resonates with you, okay? Okay, so Aquarius rising, ninth house, releasing of old beliefs, com potential conflicts or energy towards your career, depending on the sect of the chart, having some difficult conversations about your own resources versus other people's resources, and maybe a need to unearth some repressed things in your own psyche with Pluto in the 12th house that may be keeping you from moving forward. Okay. And then you'll probably start to get some relief around November the 4th when Saturn stations direct. Okay. Pisces rising. Uh, we got some nice comments coming in for Susanna. Yeah. Leela says, my cap rising daughter-in-law is not changing career, but talking about going back to school to further her degree. Ooh, there you go. I like that. So there's another uh, aspect of that. I, I love the different ways that the planets can speak, right? It's not always going to be the same exact thing for everyone. She may have some other things speaking towards uh, going back to school. Like the other thing to consider is that cap rising has Venus in the ninth house hosting the the eclipse. So the ninth house is the house of higher education. <laughs> so she may be realizing that she needs to go back to school, 
but there may be some challenges with that with the opposition to the third house with saturn so just make sure that she has clarity about whether that will actually bring her the benefits that she's hoping for uh, oh thank you don for the super sticker i appreciate appreciate you friend yeah kate says i think there's space for ambiguity in sect in some cases i agree spoken like a true true gemini moon okay pisces rising eighth house eclipse okay so this is bringing a focal point and a release the beginning of an ending within potentially your obligations around a shared financial commitment uh it could be something regarding an, an inheritance or something that's happening after a completion such as death or such as a marriage or such as any type of completion venus is hosting from the seventh house so there's definitely some some action with a partner around this and you could be having a sort of even a stalemate with a partner potentially with venus opposing saturn from the seventh to the first house so try to alleviate that by having good conversation skills uh and whatnot there's a square to the 11th house so pisces rising there could be some corruption that's revealed over the next few weeks with a group that you're a part of that you share a belief system with an altruistic group um, don't ignore abuses of power within that um, you, you may be really questioning your belief system with mars moving into into scorpio trining saturn you're having to let go of some old beliefs uh, jupiter rising signs jupiter planets pisces planets risings they have a lot of beliefs. Jupiter is a planet of belief and faith. Sometimes Pisceans uh, have come into faith with the wrong things, with the wrong people. And it's not necessarily your fault. It's, it's through your ability to love unconditionally and to trust that you, the universe will provide for you and that love will get you through. The sad reality is that not everyone is trustworthy and not everyone has your best interests in mind. And that is a really difficult reality to come to with especially Pisces placements. What I will say is that it is a tough lesson to be able to set healthy boundaries with folks like that. And I think that you may be facing a situation where you may have to come to terms with the reality of a group that you're a part of. And it, there could be some letting go that happens with your involvement within it. But again, Pluto is a death and rebirth type of planet. You you go with the, the changes that need to happen, you will come out of it okay. Like your Saturn in the first house, which rules your 11th house, will station direct on November the 4th. So you may start to see movement with the group that you're a part of after these difficult conversations around the beginning of November. So hang in there until then. Jupiter, the planet that rules your ascendant, stations direct on December 30th. So you will start to feel movement in your life again after that as well. Okay, Pisces rising. And just hang in there with this month. Neptune is going to oppose Venus from the first to the seventh house. So please, everybody, especially you mutable risings, try not to get blinded by the form of something and the illusion of a relationship, of a job, of an organization, because it may not be everything that it appears to be, okay? 
So keep that in mind because we're going to be heading into the opposition of Venus and Neptune. Okay? Because you can wake up from that dream and you can sort of be hung over, right? You can be like, oh my goodness, what? Where am I? What is this? <laughs> what? This isn't what I thought it was. So you want to go in with your eyes open with a clear, clear mind. Okay, let's see, let's see, let's see. Aries rising. Let's head over to Aries. There's our Aries rising. Oh, Aries rising. Oh, Don Piano. Oh, Long Johnson. Uh, <laughs> this is, there is this video of a cat that was like growling and he like made words. So this is a, it's my, my ode to that. Oh, Don Piano. <laughs> like, um, you have a seventh house eclipse that is going to be hosted by Venus in your sixth house. Okay, so there is the host. You are also experiencing a square to Pluto in your 10th house. And Venus is going to be I'm sorry, Mars is hanging out, your ascendant ruler in the eighth house. So Aries rising friends, probably a, a lot of focus, personal focus on resources that you share with your partner. There may be, you may be going through the beginning of the ending of a relationship, whether it is a romantic relationship, a business partnership, etc. Um, you could have a lot of hard work ahead of you to, to figure out what is what, because Venus is going to be heading through your sixth house. Um, in its fall. Pluto is in your 10th, maybe bringing up a challenging situation of repressed corruption within your job, within your career. You may have to negotiate to get out of a sticky situation with a boss or with a job situation, with a partner that you work with. Um, but there's a severing and separating of the shared resources that you have with Mars moving through Scorpio. So this is a time to let go. This is a time to calm down, to be able to utilize all of your communication and balancing skills, which I know is difficult sometimes. Like Aries Rising just wants to go, let's do it. Let's get it done. It's done. I don't want to ask anyone else's opinion. I just want to go, depending on where Mars is in your chart. But this could be a time where you can't really necessarily move forward under your own power. You're going to have to make those compromises. You're going to have to have the conversations. Um, or you could find yourself in a real sticky mess. So hang in there, Aries Rising. There is new independence coming. Uh, there is a pretty powerful uh, eclipse in Aries in the first house in the spring. I don't remember the exact date of it, but it's, it's a pretty good one for all of you Aries folks. So if you, you let go of this situation where you're tied and obligated with someone else, probably financially, maybe even professionally, you'll, have a, a, you'll be clearing the decks for a really powerful new start um, in the spring. So I hope that that will get you through that. Uh, Don says, you're a brave man telling an Aries to calm down. <laughs> well... <laughs> I have the 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 protection of the internet. <laughs> like I'm, I'm behind a computer screen. You can't get me. They can spout off as much as they want, <laughs> but I can always delete their comment. No, no. I have I have a lot of Aries rising friends, and you'd be surprised that uh, sometimes when you 
when you tell them that, hey, you know what, this this moment you may not be empowered, but this is going to lead to more personal freedom and power later if you if you play nice, they they can hear that. So you never know. Um, Susanna says, Dawn, oh yes, Dawn is saying you can find her art at Susanna Filaja Art. I share some on Instagram at Velho Susanna, but lately it's been about my cat, and she has a beautiful cat, and she has these beautiful like. Adam Driver looking cats, like Kylo Ren cats with these big ears, you know, they're like sort of like Maine Coons, but with bigger ears. I don't know what breed it is, but uh, pretty, pretty cool cats. Just check them out. And yes, check out her art. It's good stuff. She's a great singer too. Okay, let's move on. Taurus Rising. Taurus Rising you will be experiencing the eclipse in the sixth house. There will be Venus hosting it from the fifth. So topics that are informing this eclipse may be coming from your kids or your personal creativity, but you may be releasing a practitioner that you work with that does a service for you, like a doctor or a therapist or something like that. Um, you also could be releasing some of the burdens around your children where you need to bring something back into equilibrium by letting go of doing everything for everyone all the time and having something be more fair with a partner that is helping you because you got Mars here in the seventh house. This is time to, to cut out some things in the partnership that aren't working potentially. Uh, there is, oh, an Oriental cat. Susanna says, is that Siamese? Siamese cat? Interesting. Um, there's a square with Pluto in your ninth house to the sixth. So, you may really have to get in touch with what your beliefs are around work, around the burdens that you carry for other people. You may have to let go of some of them. You may have to say, you know what? This is not my burden to carry. Taurus rising and placements, much like Capricorn rising placements, and to some extent Virgo, all the earth signs, shoulder a heavy burden and a heavy load at various times and they're very good at just saying you know what i'm strong i can carry this and oftentimes they get burnt out and they they don't really realize it until they're just completely exhausted so taurus rising let go of some of your burdens delegate 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 ask for help uh recognize that there may be some conflicts with something where you're trying to help maybe a child and there may be some some difficulties and some blockages from the system itself i've i've had some friends who have been dealing with some challenges around their offspring and the organizations that they're a part of as well so this is something that could come up also could be your your own creativity and desires versus the desires of a group as well but be careful if you're making a change with practitioners because Venus is going to be making the opposition to Neptune. I always want to keep this in mind that we have to be realistic about the axes that Venus and, and Neptune and Saturn are opposing each other on so that we don't get blinded by something that looks too good to be true or something like that. Okay. Yeah, Michelle, who's cap rising, says, so true, Spencer. I got sick from pushing too hard at work. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you got to listen to your body, you know? My partner 
is a cap rising and a Taurus moon and she does the same thing. She'll work until her body's just like, nope, I'm not doing anymore. You know, like, and it just revolts. My Capricorn daughter, she's a Capricorn son. She does the same thing. You don't know that she's suffering until like a cat. She's like dying behind the dryer or something. So I don't know. I hope, hope both these cap ladies in my life are doing, doing well and support the Capricorns in your life and the Tauruses in your life that sometimes don't know when to stop. Uh, and take some burdens off their plate. How about that? Susanna says, Oriental cats are similar and related Siamese, but without the masks. Oh, that's cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't really recognize that that breed. So that's neat, Susanna. I bet they're very intelligent. Okay. So, Gemini Rising, you've been so patient up to this point. You are having an eclipse in your fifth house. This could be something related to your children, to your home, a domestic situation. Mars just moved into your sixth, so there there may be Mars is in its joy in the sixth, just as Saturn is in its joy in the twelfth. That's not always a good thing, but depending on the sect of your chart, whether it's a day or a night chart, it may be that you are able to start, you know working through an injury, an illness, something like that. Or if it's, a, if it's a day chart, there might be something coming up that you have to deal with as far as something that is not necessarily your fault, okay? Like Mars is the planet of 2K, right? It is related to, to the random distributions of, fort, of fate, of fort, <laughs> like, and not always for the better. So sometimes there can be something that's distributed that is not very fun. Um, but the good news is, is that you are very resilient, Gemini rising. You are going to have a Mercury Kazemi coming up in your fifth house so that, so you may have the ruler of your ascendant getting infused with a new sense of purpose, but you're going to have to release potentially, uh, either some old relationship habits, some potential pursuit of pleasure that is maybe toxic okay so this is a great time to release old habits that's this is a positive part of of mars in the sixth house is by by releasing old um addictions and desires you can become a lot healthier through that as well uh you are having saturn moving through your 10th house so there's been some challenges with public and career stuff and but again that's going to start moving forward in the beginning of November, and there is a square between this eclipse and, and Pluto in your eighth house. So again, this, this could be something where the influence of a partner could be bringing you challenges. Oftentimes, Gemini folks rising and otherwise want to have a teammate, a twin. And sometimes those people can be good influences, and sometimes they can be bad influences. So there may be some challenging influence in your life that you'd probably benefit from releasing. Okay. Uh, so that can get you back on track and try not to have too much uh, rose colored glasses when it comes to your family and living situation as well, because Venus is going to oppose Saturn and then oppose Neptune afterwards, very close to its degree of fall. So, so if you, there's something where you're thinking of moving, like a lot of Gemini risings, 
dream about the idea of living in different locations, but they, oftentimes it's in, it stays in the idea phase, right? Because it's more about the, the idea of freedom rather than actually doing it. So just be careful about over-idealizing a, a particular location, a home, a living situation, because it could get you into trouble with the Venus-Neptune opposition um, over the 4th and 10th house. Okay, Cancer Rising. C -c -c cancer and the Jets. Do, 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 do. This is an angular eclipse for you, Cancer Rising. And Cancer Suns. I probably have to listen to myself and my own advice with this. Oh. So, Cancer Rising, you have an eclipse in your fourth house related to the home, family, domestic situations. Uh, where you may have to release something. This is the beginning of a release. It may cause some tension within your relationship. You may have to, to change some things in how you relate to other people and the responsibilities that each of you have within the relationship. It could also bring in themes of uh, your, your community that you are a part of, like your neighbors, your siblings, things of that nature. You may be idealizing a new community of some sort, potentially. But there could be some challenges to that as well, because there may be some blockages, and there may be some idealization that's happening with the oppositions to Saturn and Neptune. Mars is moving into your fifth house, so it's a great time to cut out uh, unhealthy habits and things that are bringing you... Uh, pleasure that may be toxic. Um, it is also something where you could have some conflicts that come to you through your children or through your creative process as well. I'll let you know what happens uh, as a Cancer Sun, but keep me in the loop, Cancer Risings, as to what's going on in your life as well. Uh, cancer Rising, you, by letting go of a domestic situation, keep in mind that you're going to have a beautiful eclipse probably next April, March, April, uh, in your 10th house, that's going to free you up to do some more public stuff. So hang in there with that. And eclipses are always challenging for Cancer risings and suns and everything because they're moon ruled. So in this case, the moon is you know going to be eclipsed, uh, or the moon is eclipsing the sun, so blocking out the sun. So a lot of emotions will come up around this, right? So we are seeing since this is a solar eclipse, we're going to have the, the sun blocked out by the moon, which kind of brings up feelings. So it shuts off our rational uh, abilities with the sun and lets our emotions just really rise to the surface. So, so be careful about your emotions around this period of time and um, try to process them and find an inner equilibrium around that. Oh, Kate says it's always easier to give advice rather than follow it. Oh, amen on that. I, I love giving advice. Do I like taking it? Not necessarily. <laughs> like, Suzanne is asking, how important would you say the position of the Time Lord is when looking at aspects and transits? Is like super important or is it super important or is the natal chart more important? Well, Susanna, the order of operations is always natal chart first. Uh, but the Time Lord, so you're going to have a natal Time Lord and you're going to have a transiting Time Lord. 
So the natal time lord is going to be activated. So let's say, for example, in this Cancer Rising chart, the time lord was uh, Mars, okay? And you'd find that by figuring out which perfected house was activated, if it was a 10th house or a 5th house, you know, activation. And you'd follow Mars, Mars's movement within the chart to see what themes would come up, but you'd also track the movements to the natal Mars. So like, let's say this person had natal Mars in Taurus, there would be a Mars opposition that would be happening, which would be very, very powerful and probably a conflict situation. If they had Mars in Capricorn, there'd be a sextile, a healthy sextile that might be productive, right? There might be some, some help that comes with the sextile of Mars and Scorpio to Mars and Capricorn. So you always have to look at the relationship of the transiting planet and the, the natal planet as well. So um, it's both is what I will say. But, but think about the, the perfected planet turning on the significations of that planet in the natal chart and also the transiting planet activating other planets in your natal chart. Okay. I hope that is clear or helps. Michelle says, my son is a cap sun and cancer rising. He is going through career stagnation and not knowing which direction to go in. Kind of like his mom. <laughs> oh, well, you all can help each other with that, right? Um, maybe he needs to let go of a domestic situation. Does he live at home, Michelle? Maybe he needs to move out <laughs> like if he does. Um, or maybe he, he's just having a, a, a some situation where he's feeling stuck that when he lets go of that, he will be able to move forward with the, with the career situation in the spring, okay? Uh, Prudence says, Gemini rising, dating a Cancer rising. Pray for me. <laughs> you can do it, Prudence. Just make sure that, that uh, you give him lots of cuddles and hugs and, and uh, hugs and all those things. And food. Like, you can, you can ply a Cancerian with food. The way to a Cancerian's heart is through their stomach, Okay. Speaking from experience, this is this is when I first fell in love with my partner was my Jupiter in Cancer partner uh, is when she made a at the time I was vegan and uh, she made me a vegan lasagna that was delicious and I was like wow I'm keeping this one <laughs> you know like we went we went to brunch you know and it was uh, I was like you know after a first date you know we went to brunch and it was like we're in a relationship now you know because <laughs> like, like, you are a good cook. Um, so it was funny. Uh, Susanna says, and also the activity in Mars houses. Um, yeah, yeah. T so just uh, p potentially now, now we're confusing with too too many, you know, aspects that we're looking at here. But mostly, Susanna, just look at the the activated planet that is activated. Uh, yeah, you, you're right though. Like, um, you if if your perfected house is Scorpio, for example. There is definitely, you want to look at planets moving into that house and transits to that house as well. And planets that are in the perfected house are activated also. So, so Saturn's in Scorpio or something, that planet is activated. So yeah, and send me, send me an email if you need more, more info on that too. Like it's, it's definitely a lot to, to process for sure. Um, Michelle says, no, he lives with his partner. Oh, that's good. Well, is is the there a situation there that he needs to work on? Is it holding him back potentially? I don't know. I don't. 
I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but um, let's take a look at Leo rising. What do you say, friends? And we'll see if we can get through the rest of this here. So Leo rising. Whew, us Leo risings. Here we are. Third house eclipse. Uh, Leo rising. This is a square with your sixth house. I already told you a story, my sort of story about this. <sighs> so this eclipse is hosted by Venus in your second house. So it's a good time to evaluate how you're making your money and how it is jiving with your uh, partner's resources. There's going to be an opposition between Venus and Saturn before this. Then there will be an opposition with Venus and Neptune. So be just realistic about who has the ability to pay for what. Um, you may be having to let go of a, of a neighborhood, a community, of a daily habit or routine that you've been attached to. Uh, Mars has moved into your fourth house, so there could be there could be potentially uh, a death and rebirth happening with your domestic situation. There could be some sadness around it. You know, Mars in the first decade of Scorpio talks about ritual mourning as well. But keep in mind, Leo rising, that to if you have the IC in the fourth house, the the uh, the lower midheaven. You've probably gone through a lot of death and rebirths with your living situation, and it's not a place where you can necessarily hold on too tightly. Uh, the stability is going to come in your career if you have the MC in in Taurus. So the consistency, like for me, I, I show up every week to do these. I'm taking a break next week, but it's the first break I've had in, from doing one of these in probably know, months. Um, so recognize that when you are able to let go of an old form that isn't bringing you vitality anymore that that's freeing up energy for a new situation um, i gave an example earlier in the show of evaluating our house for some electrical changes and it the estimate coming back way more expensive than we originally anticipated which could be the square between the third house and the sixth house with like a you know someone you're working with potentially, right? Like a, a someone who's providing a service for you. There may also be a need to evaluate your daily habits and how it's related to your health, things like that, and how, how you're working through that. And just the work that you do in general, the burdens that you're able to carry. Um, Jupiter is retrograding in your 10th house, and it has been since September. Things might start moving forward for you in your career around uh, December 30th. Your situation with your partner and their resources might start moving forward on November the 4th uh, with Saturn stationing direct. Um, okay, so that is Leo rising. Hopefully that has given you some, some insight. There will be a really interesting Jupiter-Uranus uh, conjunction in your 10th house in the spring also, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I was talking about earlier in the show, Kate, fellow Leo rising about thinking about, you know, whether being house poor is really freedom or not. <laughs> like a lot of us are struggling with paying our mortgages and figuring out if, if the situation we're in is really bringing us the freedom that we want or not. And uh, there may be some changes coming around that with uh, living situations potentially for, for Leo rising. 
So I don't know what your situation is, Kate, but something to consider. Okay, Virgo rising. Last one. We're getting to the end here. We've done it. Virgo rising has an eclipse in the second house. So this is something where you may have to, uh, you may potentially be seeing some of your your income going down the, down the drain a little bit, but maybe just releasing something so that you can free up energy to do something else, okay? Uh, this could be something that is affecting your body and your own personal health. The second house isn't just money. Second house is your skill set. It is about uh, the things that we put in our body, like it is the, the mouth in like medical astrology. So there could be something where we're needing to bring harmony and equilibrium so that we can be healthier. And, and Virgo risings love to tinker with health things. So this could be a change in your diet. Um, it could be change in your daily habits and routines with the third house Mars being very powerful. Um, there's a square with the fifth house. So this could be a need to be realistic about maybe money that you're spending on pleasure and entertainment or your kids. It could also be about, you know, how you seek pleasure and the resources that you're spending or consuming around that as well. So this is a good time to reevaluate your health. It's a good time to reevaluate how your partner sees that as well. And be careful about, you know, like the, the Venus opposition with Neptune here, um, because your partner may have a different idea about what brings them happiness as to what brings you happiness. You probably have a lot of partners in your life that aren't as meticulous as you are, that aren't as health conscious or that go with the flow a little bit more. And you're going to have to find the right balance and equilibrium between your desires for physical control of your environment and going with the, the flow of life. Okay. Kate is saying that Pluto has been sitting on my Mercury a while now too. I'm hoping to pursue some dental stuff and get that done before continuing my job prospects. Yeah. That's funny, Kate. I, I had a cracked tooth a few years ago that I sort of healed through various methods but has been giving me a little problems lately as a fellow Leo rising. So hopefully that we'll be able to handle that on some level. I've been thinking a lot about teeth lately. My, my cats need some dental attention as well. So we'll see. Kate also says my situation is I'm broke and I've accumulated, <laughs> I'm acclimated though. No worries. Yeah. I sort of feeling that right now, Kate. Uh, I, I have a lot to be grateful for though. And I think that this is something that, a lot of friends have been reminding me of is to try to switch to gratitude in situations like this and, and take account of all the blessings that we have. And that that's a better attraction point. And we definitely need to be realistic about our resources and what's po uh, possible. But shifting towards gratitude is a good a good way to 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 be during these times. Michelle is commiserating on spending a fortune on teeth issues. Hopefully you can get what you need done. Yeah, teeth. Teeth are important. You want to keep them healthy. Uh, Kate is making a comment about their housing situation is Leo rising and my housing. I got a letter that my rent subsidy may stop due to failed inspection because of a broken microwave. Oh my goodness. Well, that would be a change in your living situation for sure. Um, and it may, may or may not necessitate a move. I don't know. Not all Leo risings are going to move, but 
there's going to be something changing in your living situation. And I'm, I'm right there with you trying to evaluate what, what would really be true freedom, right? Within those situations. All right, my friends, that's the rising signs. Now I do have a animal and a hexagram for you. Let's do the hexagram first. So the hexagram that I got for you was number 20, 25, which translates to innocence. So this is encouraging us to come to our situation without expectations, uh, without guile, to act naturally and spontaneously. Um, there may be something unexpected that comes up around this. This is often a wild card during eclipse season. The first, uh, I'm sorry, the third changing line says, Innocence meets with disaster. Someone's tethered cow taken by a passerby is the wanderer's gain and the villager's loss. That doesn't sound great, does it? Um, so this line is telling us that sometimes challenging things happen that aren't necessarily our fault. We haven't necessarily done anything wrong. This is just the, the change of circumstance. The wheel of fortune sometimes is up, but sometimes is down. We may be losing some material thing with a contact with the South Node. That is okay. Remember, you are being liberated potentially to find a new situation. The other opportunity that the South Node provides for us, which they talk about in both Vedic and Jyotisha, Eastern astrology and philosophy, is practicing non-attachment. So when we do lose things that we are attached to materially or otherwise, it's an opportunity to, to embrace our spiritual consciousness, to practice objectivity, to practice non-attachment. Not the most fun thing, not something we're even really used to or enjoy at all in Western civilization. But if we truly do believe in a spiritual reality, if we're not just using astrology for the goodies that we can get from it, it can be an instructive time. It can be a liberating time. It can be a time where our faith is tested. But if we truly believe in what we say here and what we're aspiring towards, it's an opportunity to be able to grow spiritually. Okay? So this is just about the ups and downs in life, right? We're, we're, we're going to experience some ups. We're going to experience some downs. Remember to connect with the hub of the wheel. Okay? This is changing to hexagram number 13 which translates to fellowship with people, joining with others, concord, community, keeping the group together. We may need to rely on our communities during this eclipse to get us through some challenging times. Um, sometimes when we face a loss, an unexpected loss, we, or we come face to face with a crisis. I know that this, is, this happened when we had an ice storm here in my area in Michigan. I got to know my neighbors really well when I was without power for an entire week. So sometimes when the shit hits the fan, you find out who your real friends and community members are, and you're able to band together and help one another out. And that's, that's another part of the essence of Libra season, is being able to help one another through teaming up, through not necessarily having to carry the entire burden yourself. So this might be something that we're working through here as well. Okay. Um, let's see. The animal that I got for you this week is the duck. I love the duck for this. I love it. The duck is a symbol of the home, of the family, but also of change. 
Uh, the duck is an animal that constantly moves around, okay? Uh, but it's it brings its family with it. And we, we've talked about fellowship community in the hexagram. This is something where we want to take care of each other, where we want to uh, adapt to the changes that are happening to us. This is an animal that encourages us to manage our stress better. Remember that phrase, like water off a duck's back, right? This is how we need to be during eclipse season. It's like we don't want to let every single twist and turn of fate and the wheel throw us into a crisis. This is, I talked about this earlier in relationship to athletes. Athletes face hardship and challenge and stress all the time. And the great ones are able to maintain their balance when the chips and the, the stakes are at their highest. Oftentimes, we consider a great athlete as someone who, when they're losing a game, they don't get down and get frustrated. They, they work harder, and they actually lift others around them up. Some of the greatest teammates are the ones that make the people around them better. And that's the opportunity that we have during this eclipse, is to make the other people around us better through our own harmony, our own inner strength, our own inner will. I've often heard Libra described as the iron fist covered with the, the velvet glove. And that's what we need to be. That's Saturn. <laughs> like that's the, that's the combination of Venus and Saturn that we see as the two co-rulers of, of Libra. So be like that iron fist with the velvet glove. Uplift the others in your community. Let go of the things that aren't serving you anymore. Live in the moment instead of worrying about the past or dwelling in the past. And you'll feel a sense of, of community. Um, reach out. You've got a community here. If you're here today listening to this, you have a supportive community. Let me know how things are going for you in the chat and leave me a comment after the fact. So very grateful for all of you that have stopped by today. Thank you so much for your comments, uh, for the super chats and the super stickers. I very much appreciate all of you. Uh, please, please, please hang in there over eclipse season. This too shall pass. You've lived through many of these in the past. You will get through this one. Okay. Uh, and we'll get through it together. So do me a huge favor, friends. Please like this video, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to my newsletter and Tanya's newsletter at Third Coast Mojo. Uh, again, if you want to make a donation, you can with a super chat or a super sticker or a super thanks. I appreciate all of that. Reach out for a reading if you need help through this period of time. I will be on vacation next week, so there will be no live stream next Friday, but I will be back the following week, so keep your eyes peeled for that. I hope, I hope, I hope you have a great eclipse season. I will be back to talk about the next eclipse um, and hopefully guide you through that. All right, friends, that's what I've got for you today. It's so great to be able to connect with all of you. Have a great fall season. Have a great eclipse season and just see what happens. Open yourself up to new possibilities. Be open to the changes that, that fate has in store for you. Ultimately, I feel like the universe is a benevolent place. Sometimes there's challenging things, but I think oftentimes we look back and we're like, oh, you know what? That happened for a reason. So that's what I've got for you today. Thank you, my friends, and we'll see you the next time. Be kind to yourself, be kind to one another, and I'll see you the next time. Peace.